Hello, and welcome to Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures, season two. Hey, and welcome back to most of you. I am, if you're new, hi, I'm Laura, and I am the creator of Roman Go Lightly, this little podcast and blog um, to help you lead that adventurous creative lifestyle that you crave, even if you work nine to five. Even if you work at a cubicle, if you've never done a piece of art in your life or ever even hopped on a plane, we believe that adventure does not require a plane ticket and that creativity is for everyone. So we really encourage local adventure and um, little acts of inspiration that you can do every day. Each week, I'm going to be sitting down with some of the coolest artists, makers, doers, and explorers in the hopes to basically unpack all of their ideas and inspiration to help us lead that adventurous lifestyle that we crave. So if you are not new, welcome back. And if you are, I'm really excited that you're here. If you haven't been following us on um, Instagram, we've moved to Lancaster, which is a little art city outside of where we were before, and we are loving it. Um, I'm going to be doing some local hangout sessions with some of the artists around my local community, which I'm really excited about. And many of you guys have been sending amazing questions um, at hello at romangolightly.com. Um, And I'm going to be answering those soon in a solo episode. But enough about me. Let's get to our first awesome guest of season two. As an abstract impressionist painter whose work ranges from oils, watercolor, and acrylics, Emily Jeffords is just one of those people who is really in touch with her creative process and completely understands why art is so crucial in our lives. In addition to creating pieces that are always dreamy and downright soulful, Emily is a mother of two and a creative entrepreneur who's passionate about enjoying the process of inspiration. In fact, she created a hashtag series, hashtag do it for the process, to get other makers to enjoy the process of what they are creating. Together, Emily and I talk about why creating is so important in our lives, what keeps her in touch with her own creative process, and her tricks for finding peace before we really dive into that project we're wanting to try. So without further ado, welcome Emily. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good to talk to you. Well, thanks so much for doing this. Of course, thank you. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Do you mind? Not at all. All right. So Emily, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, I'm an artist, mainly. That's my my primary job, but along with that, I'm an entrepreneur, a mother, uh, a boss, um, a gardener, you know, all the things that make me human. But mostly, I love painting and creativity in general. Awesome. So would you say your main um, focus is painting? Yes, for sure. Um, Mostly oil painting, but I do watercolor, mixed media, you know. Anything that I really feel like doing, I kind of give myself the freedom this year to just do whatever I want, and it's the most, like, scary and liberating feeling in the world, so I'm loving it. One thing I gotta say, I've, I've been loving following your, your journey with all of your art on Instagram stories. I didn't believe in Instagram stories when it first came around, but you have completely changed my mind. That's um, amazing. No, There's I love something. it. <laughs> I, I love Snapchat, and I've been really good at Snapchat for months and months. Um, but for some reason, Instagram stories really scared me because it felt so, like, um, vulnerable in a way that Snapchat does not feel vulnerable to me. Snapchat feels silly. So I had a hard time getting my head around it at first, but I'm glad it's working, and I'm glad. Uh. <laughs> 
No, I mean, Instagram Instagram is like your highlight reel. It's where everything's like perfectly curated. And Snapchat's like your double chins, you know? Um. I don't want to burst the bubble of my highlight reel. I mean, like, hey, guys, I'm actually kind of a dork. I love it. (laughs) And you, the way, even the way you shoot it, though, is so beautiful. And, um, you know, I love all the, like, the fonts that, not the fonts, like the scripty writing you use. And it's been really cool to watch your process. I think it actually, as someone who's followed you, it makes me feel like I understand more about what you're doing behind the scenes so much more. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's happening. Good. Okay. Well, besides uh, being an artist, you are also the maker of this amazing movement called Do It For The Process. So I would love to know what you're daily processes and how how did this hashtag and how did this whole thing come to be with do it for the process well I've been an artist professionally since my oldest daughter was a newborn um I went to art school before that but then I got a real job and um I don't know I just kind of I didn't think that I could really be an artist you know even though I had all the training and all the the know-how it's just kind of a scary step to just dive in on your own Especially, this is 2009, so the recession was really hard still. Um, but I started just treating my work like a professional, you know, nine to five in a way. I mean, of course, it goes until midnight a lot of nights and it starts early, but whatever. Um, so, doing that for so many years, I kind of found myself feeling. Um, there's just, there's just weird thing that happens when you're a creative person and you have to make a living with your creativity, the creativity can become less of the focus and you kind of focus more on being an adult, paying your bills because of course we still have lives. We still have, you know, things we really need money and dollar signs for. Um, so it can be easy to tailor what you do and what you make to your audience because you want to sell things. Um, and I found myself slipping into that a tiny bit, mostly out of necessity, um, not so much out of, like, intent, but just because, like, we really needed some money. And I'm like, all right, I can sell this. It's going to be great. I'll make some money. Um, but that is terribly unfulfilling, to me at least. And I found myself just feeling like my creativity owned me in a way that I didn't enjoy and in a way that I found to be very unsustainable because I was getting worn out. Um, you still have to give a lot of your emotions and a lot of your, like yourself to what you make, even if you're doing it to sell and doing it to like make a living from, um, but I just found the joy was missing. So I kind of took a few months and did a lot of self-evaluation. I still painted this whole time. No one even knew I was doing this. It was totally internal, like my own headspace. Um, and I just decided that. If I don't paint for myself and for my own gratification, that I'm probably not going to be able to make this last for more than maybe a year, maybe two years at the rate I was going. So I was producing so much work and selling so many paintings, which I love and I'm so thankful for. But it's this other side of me that's feeling very worn out and very like creatively drained. That's where the do for the process came into play because I found that I needed to actually go back to my roots go back to what do I love most about my creative process? What do I connect with most? What excites me? Not thinking about my buyers, not thinking about all the people that had commissions built up and had, you know, put down down payments on paintings that I had yet to create. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much stress. Um, So I just put them all out of my head and got back to what are my hands and what are my mind? 
what do what do I connect with and what do I um, truly love about my creative process. So that's where that started. It's definitely bloomed into its own beautiful world of a lot of artists participating in this movement. Um, probably a few hundred. There, there are like a hundred and seventy thousand photos on the hashtag right now, which just blows me away. So mm-hmm. it's definitely growing, and I think it's striking a nerve with a lot of creative people um, and business people in general. One hundred percent. So I, I like to think doing it for the process. Uh, I love that you said like this weird dichotomy between like being a creator, but also having to sell. Right. Um, and it seems like they're opposites in a way. Um, because art is such a vulnerable act. And one thing you've written a lot about, um, both on your blog and on Instagram for do it for the process is about art is vulnerability and business is exposing it. (laughs) Right. Marketing yeah. is and that can be really scary to do the two because you have to be both. You have to like if you're gonna do anything with your creative business, you have to share it. Otherwise no one's gonna ever buy into what you whatever like whatever you're doing. Right. But it is so personal and so intimate to you. Um so you gotta put on your big girl pants and your tough skin and just be like, This is what I make. I love it. But you can't do that until you're ready, like until you have your thick skin. You know, like if you're sharing your work too early, you're going to be too influenced by your audience. And you're going to be really, really hurt when you don't get showered with love and praise, which I hope that you do, of course. Like I hope everyone does. But like I know from experience, that does not always happen for a good (laughs) reason, because not everything you make is going to be good. But it can be really hard if you're not ready for the exposure to put yourself out there because then you're going to be so um, influenced by it. Right. I actually just interviewed someone who told me that uh, that vulnerability that they, that he felt from sharing his work uh, before he might've been ready was um, something he really thought was holding him back. That fear of that being judged. And he felt like he was sharing and he wasn't getting the feedback that he wanted. So what he did was that he created his own Instagram page for himself just to see, like, from beginning to end where he was progressing and how when you take away the followers and you take away the likes and, you know, comments, it sort of was able – he was able to see his journey in in a more clear-cut way, and that helped. Um, So do you have any tips or tricks for people who who want to uh, share uh, with this openness and this vulnerability when they are ready? Do you have any tips for them? Um, this is, this is tricky because I am a really big believer in sharing whatever you're working on. You're going to be the most effective at sharing it when you love it the most, which is probably while you're in the process, like while you're in the middle of it, you're so in love with it or you hate it either way. There's no, (laughs) there's no middle ground, quite honestly, but if you love it, if you're feeling it and you're like super enthralled with whatever's happening, that's the best time to share it. But I think that you shouldn't do that until you, um, as a whole, are ready to expose your work as a whole. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Maybe, let's say, since I'm a painter, I can speak to that. Like, maybe your first 10 paintings you keep really private. And you just, you let them be seen by maybe your your significant other, maybe your mom, because she's going to love you no matter what. And then maybe someone who actually knows something about whatever you're doing, Um And then you just let it sit in your head. And if you feel good about it in a month or in two months, then share those pieces. Or maybe a year. Like, maybe it'll take you a long time. That's okay. But then once you've gotten through that and you've gotten through that, like, place of owning your work 
and being confident in your aesthetic and in your, your the quality that you're producing, then I think you can share things in the moment because you've already established yourself in your own mind. But if you're sharing before you've established yourself into yourself, inside yourself, then you're going to be you're going to be a different person than you imagine that you'll be. And it's a little bit scary, but does that make sense? Absolutely. I think 100%. I'm right with you. Um, So I'm curious, when did you feel like you finally came into your own and you were able to really identify who you were aesthetically um, as an artist? That's interesting. I think most artists, myself included, would say that, everything's an evolution like you're always shifting even if it's just a little bit and no one notices but you um everything is always twisting into something new but I will say when I had my baby my first my first daughter she's seven and a half now but when she was a newborn I really kick-started my career then by saying I'm an artist I graduated from art school but now I'm actually going to be an artist um I did a painting a day for several months while she was a newborn and like through her baby years or months or whatever. Um, and I would share those paintings really publicly. Uh, these were not, I had probably done 600 pieces of artwork before this. So I was definitely okay with who I was as an artist, but now I was ready to actually claim that I'm going to do this. This is my job. I'm going to you know, do this full time. So then I felt like I was able to share those pieces as I created them, which some of them were terrible. I mean, there are very few that I still look back on with pride, but I look back on that journey with so much pride and so much thankfulness that I did that because it was a bit intense at the time, uh, having a newborn and all. But I think that really helped. And I've done that a couple times since, a painting a day series or maybe just a month where I do something every day very publicly. Um that's kind of one way I started my career. Um, I restarted my career again after having my second baby. I, I have two kids. So after the second one, I took about a year off. Um, we moved around a little bit. We ended up in Charleston. And then when we got settled in Charleston, I kind of re-announced that I'm doing this a real, like I had a new website. I had a new, all my social media accounts started then. So that was kind of like a relaunch in a way. Um, you know, a whole different theme of artwork and, you know, so there are several different stages, but just listening to what feels right for me and for my family has been really helpful for sure. Awesome. Sounds like motherhood's really helped you sort of clarify where you are in your work too. Yeah, for sure. And they gave me, like being a mom gave me the courage to stay home with my girls. So I wanted to do that so much which then gave me the courage to be an artist in a weird roundabout way. I don't think I would have done it had I not had a baby. Wow. That's like I think awesome. I would still be a working like nine to five career woman. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is weird. But also that's, I mean, it's amazing how something like motherhood can completely change you. I'm sure yeah. I don't have kids, but I can only assume. Yeah. I think anything that redirects your life, if you let it redirect it in a good way, you'll do a good thing. Right. But yeah. I don't think I knew I had that desire to be an artist. Um, I mean, I guess I did. But, you know, like a real full-time artist until I really wanted to stay at home with my daughter. So that was my my life change at that time. Yeah. So do you think your kids are going to be creatives? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
I mean, I we have so many paintings that they've done, which I love. But we have so many that I have to like. I have this thing where I keep my top ten, but I cannot keep more than ten a day. Like it's, <laughs> it they're proficient. <laughs> Hey, that's, that's awesome. I think it's so funny. Cause like when you're a kid, you're so like, you're, you're fearless, man. You're just like, you'll make anything. Doesn't matter if it, the size or scale is wrong. No fear at all. And like, I don't know what happens in adulthood, but it just seems like we get way more insecure yeah. about that. And I'm sure as a mother, seeing your, your kids just embrace it 100%, the, the absurdity that can come with art. I'm like, I, I really look forward to that one day. Um, but I'm sure you see that almost every day that has to be incredible yeah I think kids are natural explorers like that's what their entire world is about so that's something that if you can hold on to that little tiny thought like be an explorer if you can keep that throughout your adulthood you'd be the best artist the best engineer the best uh social scientist anything if you can keep that we'd be geniuses like why did we lose that it's terrible I don't know the world is hard (laughs) it is hard it is hard it shakes you up it does it does and I think like we all have our moments where we feel so free that we get back to that childlike sense um every now and then but it's you know if that could happen more regularly I'm sure the world would be such a better place for sure so were you always a creative kid when you grew up or were did did you fall into art later on in life Well, I felt, I was always creative for sure, but it actually was more music than art. Um, I was going to major in, in violin performance in college, but at the last minute, like literally a couple months before I went to school, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be an art major. I have no idea where that came from other than I felt this peace about being an artist, whereas I didn't feel a peace about being a performer in a musical world. I don't know why, but yeah, so my, my childhood was very artistic and very musical and very, um, I had a stack of art supplies I could play with in my closet anytime. Very, very encouraging family in general. So they, they never made me feel like I needed to get a job that made money, which I really appreciate now. Um, and I understand that that's really hard because now I have girls and I'm like, you guys you have to be adults someday. I mean, they're, they're young still, so I'm not too worried about it yet. But I really appreciate that my parents never were like, you're not going to make any money with that. You're going to be living at home for forever. And I'm like, you know, they just never put those thoughts into my mind. So I never had them, you know? Yeah, so you went in, you went in fearless. when it, I mean, it's incredible to me that you just had this piece about making art. Yeah, I maybe am more in tune with that than some people, but like that's, kind of how I run my entire life in a way like if I feel I I hate the term like go with your gut because it sounds so like fly by the seat of your pants like don't don't think things through the other side of that to me is do you feel peace about it you have to think it through and you have to be like well thought out and then come to the most peaceful choice for you does that make sense yeah absolutely kind of like go with your gut but way slower (laughs) Yeah, I think one, one, I'm sorry, I keep going to your Instagram stories. But I, I think whenever I watch those, I get a sense that when you're when you're in the space of creating, you definitely have like a sense of peace, whether that's like you're burning your incense, or you're taking like a, a slow video, like, is there do you have any tips or tricks for like slowing down and getting to that place? Um, I, yeah, I think that that just knowing that you need it is the first place to start, of course. Like, knowing that in order to live a healthy life or to live a creative life, especially a creative life, 
Um, so in order to live a creative life, you, you do need to have some headspace that's free and that's not cluttered. Um, so that is very valuable to me. And I think to every creative person, like to have a bit of calmness so that you can think of something new, think of something fresh that does take some space in your brain. So if that's something that's valuable to you, then you like actually invest in that. So find things that make you feel calm. It, it, to me, that's actually like when I drive to the studio, that's my place to be like really calm. I don't let anything worry me. I don't think about emails. I know driving is not typically a place to be calm, but for me, it's like a transition phase, I guess. And then when I get to the studio, um, it's not my busy life. It's not, I mean, some days it can be for sure. Cause it's a business, but if it's a painting day, it's pretty intentionally like quiet music or loud music, either way, whatever I'm feeling that day. Um, you know, just, just listening to whatever needs to happen inside and, and not fighting with the world to make it happen, like make it happen on your own. That sounds like the dream, the dream like process to get ready. I need to focus more on that every single podcast interview. <laughs> like, like light a candle. What do I need right now? Oh, I think awesome. it can be small. Like it can be like before we talked today. Actually, I took like, maybe four minutes and just sat calmly on my bed, and now I'm ready. Like, but up to those four minutes, I was running around making popcorn for the girls, making sure they're good. You know, like life is not is not calm. So. You can also work with that, like let that be okay. Don't fight against life because you can't control the world and you can't control your circumstances, but you can also carve out moments to feel like you are in control a little bit. That's incredible. Thank you. You're like my Zen master right now. Oh, <laughs> I can feel, I can feel like my blood pressure just like slowly. Oh, I'll just go away. Now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, okay. So. I want to talk about this. Um, you you just uh, released that you're going to be working on a calendar with close-ups of your palettes, um, with yeah. close-ups of these paints. I have been – my boyfriend is a is an oil painter, and one of my favorite things about having a messy studio space to go up to and rummage around and find things is just, like, these beautiful palettes that are always left behind. Um, so – I'm I'm curious how you sort of stumbled upon your love for um these you know leftover palettes and mixing of colors. Can you I'm just something I really feel attached to and I love that you're doing it and I plan on buying one for myself. So um yeah, so tell me how did you come up with the idea for that? Well, I think it kind of goes back to the whole do it for your physical enjoyment and your mental enjoyment. So when I paint I, because I paint a little bit abstractly, I, I can do, a, I can do my process a little bit more loosely than some people, but I am very inspired by what's happening on my palette. And I'll usually start the whole painting on my slab of marble. I'll mix up the colors, um, just kind of feel the feeling of the colors a little bit before I even start on the canvas. And then when I have that done, when I have the palette, um, the palette of colors arranged or like mixed the way I want them to be, then I'll start my painting. So that's actually where it all starts. I feel like it's very part of my process and it's very much like where, maybe not where I get the inspiration for the painting, but where it kind of comes together and it makes sense. So I love palette paintings. I, I never actually have framed one or made it into art in any way, but I feel like they are as valid as a finished painting. So oh my gosh. That's, 
wonder came from. Yeah. We, my boyfriend Luke has always talked about one day doing like just the palettes and then what has, what has come from those palettes next to each other and like sort of positioning them next to each other. And I just, I love it because it, it is like, that is an example of doing it for the process, like taking a moment to look at these palettes that you're making like this accidental creation while you're working on something else. Um, so I just, I love that. And I love, and I love that you're doing a calendar for that and it's going to be beautiful. I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I love your art for it's this abstract impressionist sort of feeling that you have. What's your process like in creating these images? Are you inspired by landscape primarily, or is there some other ways that you're inspired? How do you come up with these ideas for your prints? So most of my paintings are not based on a particular place. They're based on a general feeling, um, a general color story, and then they really evolve um, as I'm painting. Sometimes I'll look at a photo of a place and paint that place. I did that actually a lot in August for my last collection. So the ones that are more like grounded in the earth, I have more ground and they have more like foliage and weeds and all that kind of delicious stuff. Um, those are more based on photos and those are based on places from, I, I grew up all over the world. So I like to bring that global feeling to my work. So it's not a particular place. But photos from France, photos from Ohio, photos from South Carolina. So it's a giant, like, jumble of geography. But it's amazing how connected and how similar the whole world is. Um, I don't know. It's that, that fascinates me, how there are, like, different themes in the landscape, and they occur all around the globe. But we, we think of them differently just because, like, maybe one's in Morocco and one's in, in San Diego. But, like, the landscapes look so similar. So I think that's super fascinating. Yeah. Um, I um, but, I live in Pennsylvania, and we have a lot of these rolling hillside, um, countryside area. And it, it looks a lot like Ireland. And I didn't know that until I came back from Ireland. But I feel like that those comparisons between landscapes can totally be drawn but we're just not really tuned into it but I'm sure as an as a visual person you can make those connections yeah I also love that we feel so connected to the land even if we don't know it even if we live in a big city um something about our souls and our hearts like we love the earth in a way that we don't necessarily express but everyone feels it in their own way which I find so fascinating too so um, I live in the middle of the city so I don't really ever see giant fields and giant skies so the little bit that I get I just cling on to it I I I love it and it stays with me for a while so nature is everywhere (laughs) so are you are you living in Charleston right now we moved to a city about two and a half hours away from Charleston called Greenville so it's more in the north near Asheville um yeah, in the middle of the mountains, but not quite in the mountains all the way. So, sounds like a it's good mix. Of yeah, city and country. Awesome. So, can you tell us, like, what's inspiring you right now in art or otherwise? Well, I feel like I just got off of a big inspiration kick. So, I did a painting a day throughout August, um, and I found myself attracted to three forms of creativity, which are very different, but. Like I said at the beginning, I don't really care. I'm doing whatever I feel like this year, which is weird and wonderful. Um, So 
of course, landscape paintings will always have my heart. That's what I want to be known for for my life, at least from what I can imagine about my life right now. Um, but then along with that, kind of to give myself a creative challenge, I love abstract artwork. I love mixed media abstracts. Um, I love, I did a few of these like really beautiful blue and white nature shadow paintings. They're super different, but I'm having fun, so I'm going to go with it. It sounds very awesome. liberating. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, like I said at the beginning, it's a little bit tricky to do, um, to create art without your buyer in mind. So that's what I've been really intentional about doing. Like, don't think about my end user. Think about me. Think about what I find satisfying and what I, not not to be selfish, but just to be really true and honest. Um, so that's, it's been really beautiful to see my audience respond to that and to, you know, to purchase my work, even if it's not something they're used to. And to resonate with that underlying theme of finding peace and beauty and, you know, in goodness, in nature, in whatever form I choose to express it on paper or on canvas. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I would, I would love to share something you wrote um, on your blog a while ago and follow up with a question that I just have. Um, so here we go. Um, you wrote about your desire to be an artist and you've said, um, your art was made to satisfy a need deep in my soul to create, to use my hands, to say with color and form something that my words cannot. So I'm, I'd love to know why, why do you feel compelled to create? This is something I'm curious about throughout every interview I have. What, what is it about creating that? gives you that sensation and why, why do you consider yourself to be a creator? Yeah. Um, I think that all humans have feelings and things inside of them that don't actually have words and don't have form. And I think that that's why the arts are so important. And that's why letting, even if you're not a professional artist or professional creative person, letting yourself have a bit of creativity in your life, is very important because um, those feelings can have form and can have a, a, an image or lines or movement in like the, it could just be, it could be music, it could be art, it could be dance, it could be something, but we can convey those nonverbal things that want to come out of us in those artistic forms. And I think that's really healthy and really important. So that's kind of, the underlying why I create, of course I create to share a message and to share, um, that thing, whatever it might, it's hard to put a word to it. Like I said, like that's tricky because it has no words, you know, it's like a, it's, it's an emotion or a thought that doesn't have a shape yet. But if you can give it one, if you can give it those colors or those lines or that movement, then you're creating something that can't even be penned like it can't even you can't photograph it you know what I mean like it it's feels cool. it feels like that like divine thing that's like so yeah, that seems so like big but it doesn't feel so big when you're doing it but it is big when you step back and look at it right like when you're actually in the process of creating something it doesn't feel like you're bringing out this incredible message deep within you it feels like you're just making and you're doing what feels good and you're trying to you know yeah use these sources that you have, but like when you actually step back and you try to explain, well, this is why I created it. You're talking about this thing that is so untouchable. 
Right. Or it sounds so shallow to put words to it. You know, like the words aren't quite enough. Right. It sounds it sounds very woo-woo when we talk about it this way, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. That's why everyone looks at me like, okay, Emily, you're very strange. I'm like, I know, but it feels so good. <laughs> so I'm, are your friends artists too? Or do you have a mix of friends who uh, look at your work and they're like, that's awesome. I can't do that. So I have a lot of artist friends, yes, but even my non-artist friends, I think I talk about this so much that they just know that I'm going to just be this person. <laughs> so even they are very accepting and very like, I think, yeah, I think everyone wants to connect that thing inside them. Like, even if you're not an artist and you have no intention of being an artist, um, that's why I think we communicate in the form of selfies or posting on Instagram in general, or writing blog posts. Like, we, we want to share us, the true us. So I think that's universal. And artists just have an easy way out because it's our job. We get to do it every day. But it's not it's not solely an artist calling to be a communicator. Right. So, yeah, I think everyone gets it. Um, their inhibitions may make them feel weird, you know, about talking about art or like talking about emotions in life or whatever but that's okay like that's that's a process and that's why I think that's why the arts connect with people who have no intention of being artistic is because they don't have to talk about it they can just experience it and they don't have to make it they can just let it be in them for a moment and then they can walk away and that's it's totally okay like not everyone is supposed to be a woo-woo person like us so that's okay (laughs) Thankfully, because then I don't think the world would would work very well. But (laughs) exactly, accept yourself, know thyself, all that good stuff. I love it. Um, so Emily, thanks so much for doing this. I'm I'm wondering if you want to share any upcoming projects that we should keep an eye out for. Um. Well, of course, the calendar is like you said. That's coming out. I hope next week if I can get the prints back by then. So fingers crossed. Um, yes, I have one more thing that I would love to plug because I think it's magical. Okay. Uh, we're doing us. a workshop in France next year. <gasps> that and, awesome. uh, it's about an hour south of Paris. It'll be five days. We'll be staying in a chateau, which is, it's a nine, it's a 1600s giant castle. Like let's, it's, it's, it's magical. It's so beautiful. Um, I got to visit it in June and meet the owners and they're just I'm so excited to go back. They're wonderful. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll just be painting. Um, I'm doing it along with my studio mate, Julie Dodds. So we'll be doing it together. Um, she's a floral designer and event designer. So she'll be doing flower arranging with Parisian flowers and gathered greens from the garden. You know, I mean, come on, it's going to be wonderful. So I'm very excited about that. That's next May. That sounds incredibly dreamy. Yeah, it's going to be great. That, Okay. If I weren't a full-time school teacher in addition to being a podcaster, <laughs> I mean, sign me up. That So it's is it's in May. Yeah, May 9th through 13th. Wow. Yeah. And where where can we find where can we register for that and also where can we find everything that you're selling and doing online? Um, you can find everything at emilyjeffords.com. Simple pimple. Yep. And also be sure to follow her on Instagram and see all of her awesome Instagram stories. Yeah, 
Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Emily. And um, I will definitely be keeping my eye out for those calendars and everything you're doing on your Instagram stories and on Instagram and your blog posts. And I just love everything you're doing. And I'm so thankful we were able to chat. Thank you, Laura. That's awesome. Thanks again, Emily. You rock. And thank you for being an awesome first guest for season two. All right, guys. So if you like what you heard today and if you want to spread the inspiration and adventure in your life, let's lock this thing down and um, subscribe and leave a comment or review of our lovely podcast. It makes it easier for other local adventures and inspirational seekers to find what we do online. You can find everything that we do at romangolightly.com slash podcasts for show notes. And um, we'll also be sharing some really fun blog content coming up with more resources to help you feel inspired and adventurous. Um, and you can always find us on Instagram at well, as well at Rome and Go Lightly. All right, guys. So we will see you this same time next week. <laughs>